Welcome to My Heart Songs podcast number 106, Love Me Tender. Elvis's classic song begins with these lyrics. Love me tender, love me sweet, never let me go. You have made my life complete, and I love you so. During this dark season of pestilence, it seems we all might benefit from an exploration of tenderness. First and foremost, of course, I must learn to be tender with myself, to find a way to let the inner critics have their voice but stand up to them when they are too harsh or demanding. This ability to be kind with myself begins when I can thank the inner sergeant, as one friend calls him, for his service and relate that his incessant pounding is not helpful at the moment to the larger cause, which involves the internal experience of joy and freedom. Being tender with myself means that I tend to the needs of my spirit in conscious ways, not creating a smorgasbord of spiritual have-tos, but a genuine listening to what is arising from within, which is facilitated by the usual empowering triad of time and nature, awareness away from screens, and the soft, free-flow, inner-directed energy of solitary contemplation. Prayer, meditation, retreat, ritual, pick the modality that feels most enlivening. To properly tend to, I first have to turn off the everyday distractions that plague this modern life and muster the willingness to tune in. This is a different but similar notion to the countercultural phrase Timothy Leary coined in 1967 at a gathering of 30,000 hippies who he encouraged to turn on, tune in, and drop out. To touch source through gazing at our own essence is not some esoteric practice, but a grounding we all need from time to time if we wish for a conscious existence. My sense is that we benefit from a hefty dose of it each week, this surrendering to actively listen to what our spirit has to say. By honoring our own needs and distinguishing them from wants, we truly tend to our well-being. We generate tenderness towards our foibles and missteps, our conflicting emotions, our failures to not live up to our most cherished values. Only then might we begin to tend the other, some facet of the connected web of life, by caring for some small aspect of the living creation we all share. Whether a garden, a grandchild, or a friend experiencing challenges, to commune and connect with something beyond myself offers a different kind of liberation. This process, it seems to me, of tending to by turning off and tuning in is not about spiritual cultural table manners, but rather an essential and an existential aspect of being alive. What we have gained in this country through the efforts of the many generations that came before us in terms of mobility and personal freedom has left us floundering at times for a united sense of common purpose. Our individual lack of spiritual grounding, again distinguished from bowing down to religious dogma, and our resistance at times to bond together for common cause provides ample explanation for why we as a nation consume two-thirds of the antidepressant drugs produced on the planet. Instead of being engaged with our dreams, the current pandemic and social justice challenges have us falling apart at the seams, revealing the underbelly of our fragile culture. As Oscar Wilde once quipped, 
the United States is the only country that managed to go from barbarism to decadence without passing through civilization. The negative forces currently tearing apart our societal veneer are no longer stifled or mitigated by the societal primal pillars of deep-rootedness to the land, strength of shared values, honoring of diverse traditions, and a vision of collective well-being. As has been stated in various ways before, our current political morass and kleptocracy is less the cause of America's decline than a product of its descent into darkness. The anthropologist Wade Davis, in a recent article in Rolling Stone entitled The Unraveling of America, puts it this way, quote, The measure of wealth in a civilized nation is not the currency accumulated by the lucky few, but rather the strength and resonance of social relations and the bonds of reciprocity that connect all people in common purpose, close quote. So how might we tend to our inner life, then extend that to other living beings, and then have that positive wisdom and insight direct what we collectively are co-creating at this moment in time? I do believe we have a greater chance on any given day to act in compassionate right action if we are practicing tenderness with ourselves first, and then expanding that to all beings we might encounter. Is it possible to even be tender when faced with hostility or antipathy, despite our natural desire to separate and avoid conflict? Can we make it a practice to regularly drift upon our own inner tides and touch our own suffering and bliss? Does that not make it easier for the barriers between us and others to dissolve because we can appreciate more deeply their similar realities? This dance between self and other and the path where they meet in the form of society begins at the inner crossroads where we center with tenderness upon who we really are and what gifts we might have to offer to the outer world. Such a lifelong process of acceptance and discovery is a part of the great mystery and a hallmark of a life worth living. So for me this week, I commit to turn off, tune in, and tend to my inner well. I invite you to do the same and see what emerges. Thanks again for listening, and remember, as always, friends and family can easily sign up at myheartsongs.org.